Welcome to this first episode of Disruptor Talks. The purpose of this podcast is twofold and intertwined. Firstly, to demystify the world of venture capital for budding and aspiring entrepreneurs. And to do this by having disruptors who've done this before to come, come forward and tell their story. To keep this nice and crispy, we are going to try to keep it as conversational as possible and under about 10 questions. As a quick background on us, we are Disruptors Capital. We are an early stage venture capital fund. Um, we invest in technology businesses in India, Southeast Asia, and the US. In a nutshell, we like to invest in businesses that build for a global audience. On that note, I'd like to introduce our first guest, um, founder and CEO of Plato Labs, Pavan. Pavan, good to have you here. Pavan heads this company called Plato Labs. Um, it's one of our first portfolio companies as well. Uh, Plato Labs is an online robotics learning platform uh, leveraging smart modular toys. They are essentially building the Toys 3.0 space, which takes into uh, account the hardware, the software, and an online learning pedagogy. Their toys are highly modular and programmable. They can be used in conjunction with a lot of household items to build exciting products, which makes learning and technology fun for kids. On that note, I think uh, we'd love to hear from, uh, from Pavan. Pavan is a serial entrepreneur. He has done, uh, done a startup in the tech space before. So to kick things off, Pavan, we'd love to know a little bit more about your journey and how, how we arrived at, um, at Plato. Sure, sure, Raj. Thanks. Uh, so uh, my interest in experiential learning started as a student at IIT Kanpur. I was doing a lot of things in the robotics club and neuromodeling club, building things, breaking them, you know, building it again. Right. Uh, but then at, at that time, I thought this is all just waste of time and grades are the only things that matter. Then I, uh, after IIT Kanpur worked with JP Morgan, quickly realized, you know, that's, I wanted to do something more impactful and challenging. Uh, that's how my journey into startups began. Then uh, I joined a startup first before starting up on my own, which was into business analytics. Uh, while doing that, I actually interviewed uh, candidates, freshers coming out of college into the startup I was working in. And that was where I realized that students who come with this hands-on experience, they're actually performing much better. They're much more employable than other students, right? That's that's how my, uh, I was able to connect the dots. And since I anyway liked doing that, so I went back to a few colleges and I said, hey, will you guys be interested if I do some fun hands-on you know, employability enhancing program? And the response has been great. Uh, so we had paying customers already. And so that's how my journey into entrepreneurship began. Uh, and we were doing this offline initially because this was, these were the those days when uh, internet is not, you know, as, available as today in all parts of India. So we were, we trained more than a lakh students face to face. And that was, that gave us a great understanding of, you know, how kids learn, how students learn experientially, what kind of challenges they face, how do we design the right kind of curriculum and all of that. And in the process, we also ended up writing some uh, papers, uh, authored some papers on project-based learning or some awards for our work in this space and all of that. Then we pivoted to an online, just as internet penetration started happening. So then we launched SkyFi Labs as an online platform, online experiential learning platform. These courses are reached of more than 400,000 students across 67 countries at this point of time. So uh, it's been a great journey so, uh, from that perspective. And while doing it, that's when we realized that, hey, this hands-on experiential learning has a lot more impact at, at a much younger age than uh, what we're doing at an undergraduate level. So there it began, there we started exploring a little bit more about, hey, uh, in the meanwhile, I became a dad myself, so started to think of it from parents' perspective and got a clear, very clear understanding of how parents think of it versus how, you know, right. I was thinking before I became a parent myself, right? So 
all this all things happened and that's how the uh the idea of plato has come i know, up. This, and, uh, that's, that's, I know uh, you know today. becoming a dad was also one of the one of the catalysts to your getting plato in motion and and a lot of validation actually started off from there um could you shed some light on um, on how you went about validating yeah. um, plato as a as a good business proposition because you had been uh, been an entrepreneur in edtech before the entire boom around online learning started so could you shed some light on how you thought that you know given how market dynamics are changing how you would validate a product like this right right so for us fortunately the validation uh, was easy because of uh, a prior experience and i mean they were already running skyfi labs and what happened interestingly at skyfi labs is that parents started approaching right. us and saying hey do you have programs for kids you know uh, i see only <laughs> programs for undergraduate students on your website but i want my kid to learn this stuff too and we were like hey why do you want your kid to learn this stuff? remember i was not a dad at that point i was like why do you want your kid to <laughs> do this let them go let them go and play you know there's a lot of time for this and uh, but parents, but these parents kept coming back right and there's one parent who was like uh, you know what can i enroll for this course uh, which is for undergraduate students learn myself and i'll train my own my kid at my home is that okay so then we started like okay if this if people are asking so much so there must be something so we start then we started talking to these customers we we said okay let's go and understand what they really want that is when parallelly i became a dad simultaneously and you know then uh, uh, i was able to understand things much better from my own perspective talking to other parents and talking to our customers who were knocking their doors asking for such kind of courses so and of course you know on the on the other side on the on the, the market opportunity is is really big considering looking at how the early age education is happening and the number of students are coming online uh, these are on we're seeing an online first uh, generation right in terms of Uh, students right. starting to learn online right from you know uh, pre uh, even before coming to school right so so all these things came together and that's that's how the validation happened you know both both i would say both from uh, a scientific uh, uh, you know talking to customers understanding what they want perspective as well as, right. well as you know my own personal experiences right. of uh, being a dad and seeing my own daughter play with toys and you know she she never went to school uh, because of the pandemic but then she learned so much just by playing with toys and you know then i realized toys are not just you know uh, things that waste time but there's there's a lot of learning right uh, that can be gained from toys and my experiential learning uh, experience of building and training so many students that all these things came together and it's oh, wonderful i think um, uh, at this point i'll also uh, reveal one of uh, one of the reasons that uh, that we had invested uh, in you right uh, in our experience you know we've been bankers before we've we've seen a lot of companies uh, grow and um, for a lot of serial founders um, we we found that there is a there is a method to which um, a method to their business validation which differs from uh, from a lot of people who are doing it the first time right um, just to put a uh, put another spin on this it's um, uh, if there's somebody who comes from a very strong consulting uh, kind of a quant background their business validation will be very very quant heavy right um, just a, either a top down or a bottom up perspective on the market and uh, and take it from there right um or it will be very experienced founders who uh, who are not looking at the numbers and who are purely doing it on instinct right uh, one of the things that i think right off the bat i liked in our first conversation was that uh, you were a very nice blend of both right uh, there was uh, there was quant which was done to prove that this market is huge um, i think that number is something like over 24 billion dollars in uh, smart toys or something like that which is being spent right uh but at the same time you also had the entire instinct which had come from your experience at skyfi labs right so for for those who are watching who think about how how we people think on this side of the table 
um, we like things like this. It's it's never uh, you know uh, any methodology which is on either end which works. It's it's usually a combination uh, taking the best of uh, both worlds and moving it forward. Uh, I think it's a good segue for uh, for my next question, which is that um, you are a you are a serial founder who's basically done this uh, done Plato, which is the second time you're doing the zero to one. Uh, how easy or difficult was this uh, this phase where you uh, following your first experience with Skyfi? Because now the market dynamics had also changed, right? So in in the in light of all of that, uh, how does the mm-hmm. uh, zero to one uh, differ for a serial entrepreneur? So I think uh, uh, because we've already made a lot of mistakes the first time, so we we've made a lot of them and we learn from them. So so we we tend to be a lot more rational. We don't get right. into our biases. We learn to balance uh, long term at the and short term at the same time. Uh, we learn to focus on uh, things like NPS and customer satisfaction and retention uh, uh, right from day one, and not just on acquiring customers. Uh, so we we don't lose sleep right. over vanity metrics. We know what really matters. So focus on that. So, so these are some of the things which, which I think uh, come. Right. Uh, when is there, um, is there a feeling that. of you know? There's this whole concept which uh, Zuckerberg had come up with of move fast and break things, right? With a lot of serial entrepreneurs, you find that uh, they have kind of transitioned into uh, move slowly and make things, right? Uh, because uh, what what had started happening mm-hmm. was that people were using this move fast and break things as an excuse not to do their groundwork, right? Uh, so is that something that uh, that actually plays into your thought process as uh, you know when you're building for the second time? No, I don't think uh, uh, mm. going slow is what I meant. Uh, we definitely need to go fast. There is no doubt about. It. But at the same time, uh, we right. can go fast just for the sake of going fast. I mean, because it is the reason why I'm a second time, guys. Because first time I went fast and right, we probably made a lot of mistakes which are irreversible. So we need to maintain that balance of you know going fast at the same time making sure we're not doing something right. that's you know, irreversible and we need to maintain that balance of doing things right and uh, focusing on the right kind of metrics because and I think there's a time when you have to go right. slow and there's a time when you have to go fast. You know, when we're experimenting, when you're trying to discover insights, that's that's not the time to go fast. But once you're once you have your things ready and once you know that this is exactly what you're going to do, that's when you uh, really build a team that that can move fast. So I think that uh, the balance has to maintain. At the same time, we also should know what stage we are in. Right, I think uh, that's a that's a very time. fair point. Um, I'm guessing one of the points at which uh, you were moving slowly was when you were uh, testing out the product with uh, with the initial set of um, initial set of customers. Would love to understand uh, what that process was like. What were the first initial reactions? What were your takeaways as uh, as someone who was building for the future? Uh, it'd be good to know um, the the initial steps of you know of prototyping and uh, uh, and things forward from there. Right, right. So uh, one other thing I had uh, going well for me was the team that came over from SkyFi Labs, right? Which which was uh, there's some people who spent more than five years with me, who understand this space very well, and so we were able to, you know, uh, already have a lot of understanding of the customers. We already have a set of customers that we can quickly reach out to. So and you know, build the product. Uh, uh, the team members knew what kind of products to build and all of that. So when we when we reached out to customers initially, we uh, the questions were all around, hey, can can this experience be uh, so easy that because we are doing it remotely, right? There's a teacher who is remotely teaching a student, and there's a hardware element involved. And you know, can we make it really engaging for the student? Can right. we make it uh, really easy for teacher to uh, do it? Because in, in things like coding, for example, you can take over the screen and fix the bug for the student, but in hardware, you can't really right. do that. And you need the student has to do it by themselves. So, so coming up with a with the right kind of a product which is easy at the same time, uh, uh, challenging enough for the student. You know, hitting that sweet spot was the challenge. So, 
so a lot of things for us was around uh, you know uh, giving the products to the students coming up with various experiments seeing how the response has been and you know iterating on that so that that's been uh, our journey to uh, you know uh, when we got to know that hey this, this is a product which is really doing well and these are things that really matter right. you know uh, in this kind of a, when we're building this kind of a product yeah at this point would you like to tell us about the the final product and uh, and the offering that uh, that plato has at this point and um, uh, and anything that you want to want to tell us about um, about how it's going right so uh, so the product is there's a hardware kit uh, it's a toy kind of thing that that student gets and then uh, there's online missions what we call as which is so you take a kit and then you the student has to solve these missions uh, uh, one after another it's, it's more like a game that you're playing and then as the student plays this game the teachers are there we call them coaches who uh, who help the students when they get stuck uh, to by asking the teachers role is more to ask the right kind of questions uh, to help students think while they're solving those missions so so a mission can be something like uh something as simple as hey how do you uh avoid your uh, your brother or sister from taking away your chocolate right, right? that you hit there right so can you build a system to protect your own chocolate right so uh to something as complex as you know how do you uh, avoid how do you build a system that uh that can you know uh, pick and place things in an industrial uh, robotic setup right so so the the complexity of the problems is uh, is very uh, different and varied and personalized for each student and the student every student has their own journey of uh of solving these problems and uh you know keeping on progressing uh with the course uh with the product uh while teachers are more like enabling the students to uh discover and explore and come up with more ideas and and learn in the process so so that's how product currently works right uh, how are you looking at your uh, team build up to uh to to build something like this right and um, you know you you've had your initial set of um, of prototyping and business validation and now you know you're ready to kind of go big um, how did you go about the process of um, of team building from from that point on right so in the initial stages uh, like i said we had a, a, an amazing team from skype labs that's really passionate about this space that understands this space and the product really well that that that's a huge advantage i had uh, although i'm a solo founder to begin with uh, and then uh, that helped us uh, with that team we were able to reach this stage where we are right but that said uh, i do think that it's very important uh, to have this a zero to one phase and you know beyond that is is completely different and we need to build a very strong leadership team going forward so we are uh, looking to build uh, uh, a very strong team we are uh, onboarding some really good uh, talent who can uh, can take up leadership roles uh and including you know uh having a co-founder on board so so if there's somebody who is really passionate about this space uh and who 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 wants to be a part of this journey then definitely you should reach out to me right i think on uh, on that on that point right um, there is uh, there is a fair amount of stigma which is attached to uh, to single founder companies right uh, especially from an from an investor perspective um and there are reasons for that i want to understand from your point uh, has it been uh, difficult have you felt that uh, you know there has been something which is not complete by by being a single founder no i think it's 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 about uh, we have to play to our strengths right so so if you're starting a fresh then two co-founders is definitely better than one right? Right. but but fortunately what went well for me is you know uh, i had a team which is probably much better than uh, a co-founder who with no experience at that point right. in time right so uh, so we use that uh, to uh, move ahead and in our zero to one phase of the journey and i think i think uh i think investors also understand that from my conversations with investors it's, it's it's not like that's a fixed rule that you should have two co-founders or more than one right. co-founder but 
but that's that that's just from from a skill set perspective diversity perspective you have having two co-founders is better than one but but investors clearly understood that we have uh, strength or uh, not in terms of title of a co-founder but but in terms of the skills and passion of the team we are uh, we have that advantage so right what do you think from from your perspective how should um, how should investors look at uh, look at single founder companies and uh, i'll I'm, I'm happy to kind of give you my perspective on why uh, why that wasn't an issue for us but uh, from yours from your side what is the what is a small suggestion that you would give uh, investors looking at single founder companies look at the rest of the team right it's, it's as simple as that so uh, i mean obviously uh, you know uh, if if they, if you have very strong team which is really passionate and and how uh, you know what kind of incentives they have uh, to contribute to the company and what kind of ownership they have with respect to that uh, and that that really helps a lot uh, uh, although you're a single founder i mean uh, right uh, that that is that's what's been working well for us so far right for us i think um, especially with you on uh, the what i took away was that you'd already built a team uh, through skyfall labs before uh, with with multiple de facto co-founders right and um, that is where you know just having very simplified frameworks don't work whether in in any industry you have to look under the surface and make a uh, make a judgment then for us i think it was uh, extremely uh, impressive that you had actually held on uh, the uh, held on to the team which you had built with skyfi and they had held on to your vision to to come through with uh, with plato so for us that that was a non issue right uh, but i think that is something which a lot of people want to uh, know a little bit more about in this industry sure uh moving on i think uh, now we've gone from understanding how the product started to to where it is now uh, one of the core pieces now you guys are i think in uh, over you have you have enrollments from some uh, 30 odd countries is it uh, well i think uh, during, oh wow and uh, i think during the time that uh, that i had first met you you getting about a quarter of all the new customers through referrals right so there's a lot of word of mouth marketing going on and um, and very solid customer acquisition strategies which were put into place um, for a lot of edtech companies now uh, you know customer acquisition has been a very difficult piece Uh, how is it that you guys went about solving for this and uh, what made you believe that this is the right strategy uh, from a customer acquisition standpoint what is i think uh, uh, the customer acquisition strategy at least in the 0 to 1 phase has been to go more organic uh, reach out to the right set of customers we believe that having right set of initial customers is more important than having lots of initial customers so uh, and we leveraged skyfi labs existing network which was already there skyfi labs products were already there seven countries so we really we leveraged that network and and try to build uh, things organically try to reach out to the right kind of customers uh, and then we focused on uh, giving them an amazing experience uh, which led to a lot of referrals uh, coming from them uh, at this point of time uh, more than half of our customers have act- are actually coming through organic channels uh, either through word of mouth or you know to uh, by getting to know us about us from various other organic uh, channels Uh, and then there's been a little bit of uh, paid marketing that we're doing and that's we think that's what we want to continue doing also give give an amazing experience to customers because these students are coming to us in grade 1 grade 2 grade 3 which means they have quite a bit of time ahead of them and and building that uh, amazing uh, products building those products that will right. give them a wow factor uh, plays a lot of uh, role in in keeping these customers with us for multi years uh, at the same time uh, you know these customers giving uh, referrals and encouraging other students to come on board so so our our strategy is going to be more around uh, organic and and uh, giving great customer experience rather than 
uh, rather than pure performance marketing kind of thing. Right, right. You guys have essentially built uh, built for being uh, a company which is present for the global audience, right? So moving away from the the Indian markets for just a second, um, China saw a huge crackdown on um, on their edtech industry. I think it was uh, a month or a couple of months back, right? Which basically finished uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the companies on um, on that side of the globe. Uh, what do you believe uh, is going to be the impact of that, uh, especially from the perspective of an Indian edtech founder serving for for a global audience? We would love to kind of get your thoughts on that. Sure. I think Indian founders already have a great advantage uh, because of uh, the demand supply dynamics, having great uh, number of teachers, high quality teachers who can speak uh, English and, and reach out to customers all over. And we already have 40% of our revenues coming from overseas. Uh, we already have paying students from 35 countries. And and we see similar kind of uh, numbers coming from other tech companies already uh, in India also. So I think, uh, uh, I think India is uh, in a great position today to uh, to target not just Indian market and actually uh, try to reach out to uh, the global audience and 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 uh, build global companies in tech. Definitely, that's that's it. And then that's been one of the things we have been focusing on right from day one. Uh, when, in fact, uh, if that's what we did at Skype Labs also, uh, and and that naturally came to us when we started working on Plato. So I think uh, that's a great opportunity for all Indian tech companies. Oh, wonderful. I think um, you're one of the few people who's uh, who's had this perspective, you know, since 2010 or so and watching the edtech space uh, mature. What are your thoughts on uh, on on the industry, especially edtech in India for, let's say, the next five to 10 years? Uh, what are the things that you are actually looking out for and leveraging uh, going forward building Plato? Sure, sure. So I think uh, tech so far has been more around uh, uh, test prep, which is basically reaching out to students of grade seven and above. Uh, whereas what, what really excites me now is the fact that the students from grade one to grade seven are actually coming online. And, and this number is going to be much bigger than uh, than the test prep market itself. right? Uh, and of course, there's this global opportunity in addition to that. And the other exciting factor for me is the emergence of these modern educated parents. Right? We're first time seeing a huge chunk of parents who are actually educated and who know who think about their children's education, which was not there in previous generations. Previous generations was all about whatever the school teacher says, that's what has to happen, right? I think this combination is is what really excites us. And we think that if we actually build great products for kids, you know, which kids really love uh, and, and parents can see value in, uh, that, that's that's uh, that's going to be amazing. So, and we, we, we are focused on that, on exploring that opportunity and, and really build those great products. Oh, and you are one of them modern parents who've actually built a company uh, out of uh, out of wanting the next generation to do well. And uh, we wish you all the luck. Thank you so much. Thanks for uh, being partners with us. I'm really excited to have Disruptors Capital on board. And I really enjoyed all the conversations I had with the team, be it with Krishna, with you or with other partners. And I think the experience which, which our Disruptors Capital team brings on board, which is uh, Krishna running a very successful uh, tech company or, uh, or, you know, the rest of you, uh, having been uh, with Ketel Advisors and having uh, helped so many founders raise funds. I think that's that's a great uh, team to have. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time to speak with us. Um, hopefully, we'll have you on here uh, a lot in the future and uh, wish you all the best. Thanks, Raj. Thank you Thanks. so much for taking the time. Thanks a lot. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks. Okay.